Welcome to the Working Moms Podcast, featuring inspiring stories and resources for the modern working mom. I'm your host, estate planning attorney, investor, and pregnant mama-to-be, Pam Moss. All right. Today's guests are Tara and Mikey, owners of and co-founders of Huga Birth and Baby, a full circle birth center here in Colorado. Welcome. Thank you for joining us for the podcast today. Hello. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here. Um, and just for those viewing, who is Tara and who is Mikey? <laughs> I'm Tara and I'm Mikey. Awesome. So I'd love to start off and just hear about your background, both of you. What made you uh, found this birth center and share you kind of your story to getting here? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a big story. It is a big story. <laughs> it kind of starts with our friendship. Uh, we became fast friends. We worked at the same company years ago, almost 15 years ago now, um, became fast friends and also became connected on this idea that there was something larger that we should be doing with our lives that would provide more meaning than schlepping what we were schlepping at the, in the corporate world. And so we kind of went on this path of, um, I would say research and development almost internally and externally. And after about 10 years, landed on this notion. And it was really Mikey's experience at an OB appointment or a, yeah, that I, she can expound on. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. So I had left corporate world and the firm that I was adding gone into wealth management, which was kind of so far out of who I was as a person, I found that I was having a ton of physical reactions to being in this job that was so far outside of, I guess, who I really wanted to be and what I wanted to be doing in this life. And so I went to the doctor, convinced that I was dying of something, (laughs) like I had something wrong with me, I was convinced of it. And she ironically asked me something about the birth of, at the time I only had um, the two sons, and she asked me something about them. And she's like, well, what about this? And she goes, are you a midwife? Are you an OB? Because you lit up when you started talking about birth. And I said, no, but ironically, when I just walked past the hospital, I thought, oh my gosh, there are people in there having babies right now. And how awesome is that? Um, So she left and came back with this list of birth centers and doula programs. And she's like, I really think you should look into this. Um, So I walked out of that appointment, called Tara and I said, okay, don't think I'm crazy but I think we need to become doulas because there's finally a name to what we've been doing our whole lives (laughs) for all of our girlfriends and everybody we've supported. And each other. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so we, she's like, okay, well, don't think I'm even crazier, but I just watched a documentary on Huga and we've been practicing Huga in this lifestyle. So can we be Huga doulas? And we're like, (laughs) yeah, we can. Um, So we went to a training like that next month to become certified doulas. We did it. And then we, went and served our first client at a birth center locally, which is an awesome birth center. And we left out there being like, this is what we need to be doing. And we started on this fast pace of raising money, bootstrapping it from the ground up and opened the birth center now two and a half years ago. Yeah. And that's yeah. how we started Huga. I love that. And there's a few things I want to unpack for people who may not be familiar with some of the terms you yeah. use. And the first term is Huga. So yeah. what is Huga? And what is that lifestyle? And, and what is that? You know, Huga, um, it, uh, for 
the Danish community is a birthright. And it is this uh, innate right to happiness. And so Huga is a feeling and it's an environment you create. There really is no literal translation in English for Huga. Um, but think about today's a perfect day because it's cold out. But think about being in your favorite sweater with your favorite hot drink with your favorite cozy socks in front of a fireplace with snow falling outside. Now imagine creating that, whatever that those surroundings or elements are for you that make you feel warm and fuzzy and then put people into that circle. Um, think about your intimate dinner party that you might throw at your home or uh, setting the scene at night with your children to put on their nightlight and their soft music and having story time. Like all of that is engendering this sense of community, warm, aesthetic, um, good feeling. So that's really what Huga, Huga is. I love that. And what, for folks who don't know, what is a doula? Like what is a doula program? What, what, what is yeah. it? What did you learn in that program? It's a fantastic question. Um, and one that we actually get a lot of. Um, so a doula is basically a professional birthing coach. They are there not in a medical capacity to support the couple, um, but really there just to support the birthing person and the birthing family and providing them with comfort measures, support on um, kind of different techniques and positions to get in for birth, and just really there to ensure that, um, you know, as much as possible, the birth wishes of that birthing um, family are met and to advocate for them. Um, so they don't have any medical um, capabilities. You know, they're not going to be catching a baby. <laughs> they're not going to be um, doing anything like that, but they're just really there for that emotional and physical support for the family. Um, I love that. And so, you know, you came from this business background, this corporate background, and it, it was a law firm, right? You were in a law firm or- I'm a lawyer. So I, I practice as a lawyer. She's in M&A and sales. And so that's what was her- Insurance, corporate insurance. Corporate insurance. Yeah. Corporate insurance. Okay. And yeah. so you, did you meet at the at a law firm that you- met at an insurance brokerage firm where- insurance Brokerage firm. Yeah. Great. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then, so- you have this moment where you're yeah. like, we're going to go to doula training together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and um, what was kind of the reaction of your family and friends, you know, coming, especially you coming <laughs> from the background that you guys were leaving. Like, Can you guys pick a path? You know, like, okay, we'll support you. We know, we know you guys have it in you. We know it's just kind of like, and ironically, before she had this appointment and we had this Huga Doula epiphany, we had said, okay, let's forget about the idea. We have a little bit of seed money that we had saved up. Let's just do microloans for women-owned businesses. We can recognize a good idea when we see one. Let's do microloans, or we can offer executive help for buy-in, things like that. So we had kind of started down that road and literally within 30 days of that I think even a couple of weeks of us releasing the need to find this like thing that was going to fulfill purpose and passion in our lives um, Mikey had that appointment yeah and I had watched that documentary and literally the things that you know I, Mikey likes to say when passion and purpose align like you just take off and that literally it felt like we were tethered to a fast moving train and it just took off um, and I mean, business plan was easy to write, right? We've, we've all been, and well, not all of us, but if you've ever had an entrepreneurial spirit and tried to write a business plan, it's painful, but the painful pieces just fell into place. Right. And they weren't barriers to what was the next step. 
And so, you know, it, we'd look at each other and go, is this happening? Like, how is this happening? How is this happening? <laughs> Somehow it's um, working. Yeah. I mean, we were able to, just from the concept and idea, able to get some pretty big financial backing um, from friends and family and from the banks, just on an idea. We had no, you know, so those were the types of things that we were just, you know, proud of and astonished by. And it really spoke to, this is really what we're supposed to be doing. And it's taken off and been fantastic. And just to add to that too, I think like um, Tara left at the peak of her game. She was running a regional office at that point. Um, You know, and I was, I had left leaving, um, had started a new family or a new corporate office here, you know? And so we really too had to get rid of our fear Mm -hmm. of leaving what we felt was supposed to be success. And there's this kind of aha moment when you realize the success that you think you should be having and should be loving isn't the success you really wanted. And it was something that was being maybe told at you or something we thought we should be doing, but we didn't authentically connect to it. Um, So there was this really fear release moment where we're just like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to leave the jobs. (laughs) We're going to leave the nice salaries. And we're just going to try to follow our our passions. And we were lucky enough to have very supportive families um, that were like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this ladies. Uh, (laughs) Let's, let's do this. So um, I think that that the big pivotal moment is when we could really release that and say, okay, we're going to redefine what success means to us in this moment, in this time of our lives. And and that was a big turning point for us. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, one of the things you talked about is this path led you to choose a birth center. And what was it about a birth center? Why did, why was that where you landed in kind of the whole process of creating kind of this dream for yourselves? Yeah, we might both, we might have different answers to that. For me, it was, you know, I think the birth center world has been, uh, rightly or wrongly, or for whatever reason, has been something that was maybe not approachable in my circles, or it wasn't something that I was exposed to. I mean, I have a nine-year-old, or sorry, she's 11 now, an 11-year-old and a nine-year-old. And I um, had never even heard of this, right? And so as a person that's really into kind of the holistic path in life, we, I just left going, why isn't, does this not exist in Denver? I mean, we literally looked it up in, um, in the car outside of this birth center saying, why does this not exist? Because this is something I would have totally gotten my head around. Number one, there's a ton of education, which we didn't feel like we got. Um, we just were like lemmings, right? We were in the corporate world. And what do you do? You get pregnant, you go to your OB and you start down this path and you don't really know what questions to ask. And I don't know that, you know, our birth stories were directed by us as much as you can. I think we were, you know, and so, and Mikey alluded to, we've kind of been doulas our whole, you know, adult lives. And so um, I was shocked that this existed and thought, okay, I want to create a place where I could give birth. And I also want a place where you don't have to go any place else. I felt ran around my whole pregnancy, like, oh, this hurts, go see a chiropractor. Well, now I've got to find a chiropractor that specializes in women. I've got to tell my story again. We really wanted to say this 10 months of your life is precious and it only happens once, no matter how many kids you have. Every pregnancy is unique to itself. And let's just wrap our arms around these families and see if we can create a center that encompasses everything. And so that's kind of where... Exactly. And I think too is that you know, the more that we heard stories and even our own birth stories, by the time that I had my, 
my second son, Luke, I had enough of a realization that this isn't necessarily the way I should be having to go, but I still didn't feel empowered enough personally with what other options I had to not go that route. You know, I still went with an induction that I probably didn't need now knowing that, you know? Um, so, and then I heard, you know, my husband's cousin, you know, had a very traumatic birth um, that ended in an emergency C-section around that same time. And it was just like, why in such a pivotal moment in a family's time, is this a point where I felt very strongly that society was failing and that we were setting people up for failures and giving people unrealistic expectations and you know, setting people down a path that they weren't choosing themselves. Yeah. And so it really then felt like, okay, well now realizing what the philosophy is behind birthing centers and it really is all empowerment through education and allowing families to make choices for themselves. It just felt like a very natural course for us to go to and feel like we could bring a new look and a new feel to that industry. Yeah, we kind of wanted to make it uh, more mainstream. We just want to make it accessible for people like us. And we still are do a ton on educating on what birth centers are. Like people still don't know. And um, there are more now. When we started this, there were only two in Denver. And now there are five of us, right? And that's just in the last four to five, four to five years that's happened. Um, and so we want to be clear that we aren't anti-hospital. I mean, I have a very strong connection to Rose where my children were born. Um, but we just wanted to provide another option and one that has proven results. And there's no reason if you're a healthy person and everything goes the way it should, that you can't do this if you wanted to. Um, but we certainly aren't anti-epidurals. I mean, I think my thing was, I'm going to have uh, what I would call natural labor, but crank that epidural machine up to, you know, 100, <laughs> just tell me when to push. And now going through and even being the doula and watching women experience this natural childbirth, I actually have natural childbirth envy. Not enough to have another baby because I'm too old, but I really, it is one of the most powerful things to be a part of, to see a woman walk through that journey um, and come out on the other end like nothing ever happened. It is just pretty amazing. Um, and then Mikey actually had her third baby at the birth center. That was a really pivotal moment for us. I think we just kept saying we did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, we did it. We did it. It, it actually works. I know we see people do it, but we did it. We did it. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> what was that experience for you doing it at the birth center? But and was this before? This was before you created, before you founded your birth yeah, center. So we. Um, no, no. This is uh, she birthed in Huga. She birthed oh, in she birthed Huga. in Huga. Yeah, okay, my, great. My daughter, who's now sixteen months, she was like the tenth baby. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Was she was early, early babies um, at the burning center. So I actually got to experience that. Um, and it was, it was, it was, it was the most defining moment in my life, um, yeah. which I can say with my, if my husband, because he knows that it is the most <laughs> over our married, getting married. It was the biggest defining moment in my life. Um, it was the best experience ever. Um, you mentioned educating people around birth centers. And I know for me, you know, I, when we talked, you know, before we got on this, you know, I'm 37 weeks pregnant, I am giving birth at a birth center and I had no information about birth centers, you yeah. know, no one, none of my friends use birth centers and it really is kind of a, kind of a new frontier. It feels like a new frontier that I'm kind of trekking in my own social circle. Yeah. Um, and so 
I'm so excited to have you on for that reason, because I'm part of the crusade, right? But um, for, for, you know, educating people, like what is the difference between going with a birth center route versus kind of a traditional kind of OBGYN route? Yeah. So there's a lot of things to unpack there. So number one is obviously when you're giving birth in a birth center, you are not near an emergency room or anything like that. So we don't have epidurals. We don't induce labor through Pitocin. We really believe that a woman's body is capable of birthing a baby and it's a normal, natural occurring event. It is not a medical experience. So we allow and are, we, you know, help our families to educate themselves on, okay, what is the stages of labor? What are we going to be experiencing? What is normal? Because we define normal in a lot of different ways when it comes to pregnancy. So really what is normal and where are we going to be in this variance of normal and allowing the families to do what they need to do and allow a woman's body to do what it needs to do. And it knows how to birth a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, we know how to have babies as women. So we just turn that over and allow the body and the family and the woman to do what she needs to do. Yeah. So that's a big difference is that it's very, very low intervention. Um, the second thing is it is all staffed by um, certified nurse midwives which are the highest level of credentialed midwives. So they're the highest level that you can be. So it's not an OBGYN that goes to school to learn very, you know, variance in um, the practice. You know, they know how to do hysterectomies, you know, C-sections, everything. A midwife goes to school to learn how to care for women and babies. And that is their sole focus. So it's really then the whole practice is high, high education. So we always want to give you the pros and cons of every decision. You know, um, as you're um, expecting at 37 weeks, you probably had your group B strep test, you know, that everybody has. And so we talk about, okay, if that comes back positive, what does that really mean? And are there any true risks about that? Um, So we always allow the pros and cons, allow the families to make those choices. And then the other thing that we do is that we provide longer appointments for everybody. So everybody gets over an hour, usually 45 minutes to an hour when they're seeing our staff because we want to actually create that connection. So we are a smaller practice. We're not doing a ton, a ton of births like hospital groups are. And it's just a more intimate environment where we're going to know you when you walk into the room and you're going to know your team and you're going to have that connection. There's not surprises of being like, I really hope my doctor's on call when I walk in. Right. Um, and so you're having all, yes, and all your appointments are at the center, right? Versus maybe going to your OB's office and then, okay, it's time to show up at the hospital. Um, and so, um, I just lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's just great. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's really what it is. And yeah. we also believe in a more holistic approach. So at our center, we utilize acupuncturists and chiropractors and spinning babies and everything. Um, You know, we really kind of can throw everything at mamas to help them from a holistic perspective as well. So we kind of try to marry the two, um, Eastern and Western medicine. Yeah. So, um, and and you do hypnobirthing too? Yeah. One of the things. I'm a hypnobirth educator. Certified hypnobirth educator. Yeah. Um, So... I'm kind of, I'm thinking about listening to this podcast, like as an audience member of like me a few months ago before I knew about all of this. And I think I kind of came into it when I originally found out about it with a lot of fear, right? Because really what we hear in society and culture is these images of birth being scary and all the dangers and the fear. And, um, 
and kind of really kind of transitioning to really believing that I could have this experience that's different. And it did take me watching a documentary. I don't know if it was the same documentary that you watched, but watching a documentary and hearing people talk about natural birth stories to really start that shift to have that confidence. And do you have any advice for people who might be listening who are like, you know, I, I've never done this before. Mm -hmm. Uh, All I've heard is scary stuff. (laughs) And like, what can it, can it be something different? And what, how is it different? Because we talked about, you know, you get more time with each other. You've talked about like the natural feeling, but for the people who are really kind of in that fear, what would you encourage them to really explore and be open to this other way, this other way of doing it? That is a great question. So, um, you bring up hypnobirthing and in the hypnobirthing philosophy, our whole foundation is our whole first meeting is taking away all of our stigmas that we have about birth, right? We are taking all that away and we start fresh and we start clean because as you completely said, and so true is that we, we tell everybody and everybody always wants to tell their scary birth story. You don't meet a lot of women that wants to tell you their most empowered, amazing birth story they've ever heard, you know, and it's, it's usually those mother-in-laws, God bless them, um, you know, or people that are just like, this was the worst experience in my life. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. And so we really start with saying, okay, forget what you've heard. Let's create your new belief of what birth really is. And let's replace those negative thoughts. Let's replace those negative birth stories with positive imagery. Let's watch an actual birth that isn't the Hollywood birth of the mom screaming and, you know, uh, you know, going crazy. Like, let's see what it actually is. Let's have conversations around that. Let's, let's hear from you. What, what are you most fearful of? What is something that you feel is holding you back? And we kind of unpack that. And so I would encourage people that if you feel even somewhere very deep inside you, that this could be something you want to explore, give yourself the freedom to kind of push away kind of anything you've heard and seen and expose yourself to these positive birth stories. You know, um, there's great videos online of natural birth that is really, really awesome, really inspiring. Educate yourself and surround yourself. Like there is awesome books as well um, that you can read and, you know, be around and just kind of hear what the birth is. And then just know that you are capable. And even, even women that come to us and say, I have the lowest pain tolerance ever. I'm not going to be able to do this. This isn't about pain tolerance. I firmly believe that birth is 99% mental. And if we mentally can believe we can, and I guarantee you every woman is capable, if we mentally believe we can, we can, and we will, and they do. And so knowing that you can feel that empowerment and you are totally capable and in your moment of birth, there are over... I don't know if this like 3000, it's cra- It's like almost 3 million, I think, but there's women doing it at the same time of you with yeah. you. Like it is this tribe. And when you are surrounded, like in a birth center environment that is supportive of your decisions and wanting you to succeed, and you are in a place that is set up to allow you to get down this path that you want to have for your birth, you're so much higher to achieve that birth. Um, so I would tell everybody, like, even if you feel it's somewhere and you're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's my first baby. Maybe I'll do it my second. Just give yourself the opportunity to explore it and know mentally you can, and you will, if you want to, but it is setting your mind and your intention to it, but everybody is capable. One of the things that you mentioned a moment ago, um, that really gave me comfort about my decision 
was what you guys had mentioned, which you ladies had mentioned, sorry, <laughs> about how, you know, all the kind of statistics around birth centers and the good results um, that people see. And like, what are some of those, those pieces that for people who are like, okay, the sounds I'm getting there. I'm getting yeah. There. yeah, yeah. Uh, what um, are some of those pieces? Yeah. So you mean in terms of statistics out there and what are, what are the results? Yeah. As far as. Yeah, I'll let the ex-lawyers cover that one. Well, you know, I will say too, birth center birth is highly regulated as well, right? This is not like we have, we have to have some of the same things in place as outpatient surgery centers or hospitals. This is not coming to your grandma's house in the basement. We, we have, it's basically like coming to a surgery center, right? Without surgery. Um, and then we have made it into a place that feels homey and comfortable and inviting and those types of things. Um, so number one, we're highly regulated. Uh, number two, we... Uh, because of that, we can only take women that are low risk, right? So, which is very high proportion of people. I want to say 75% of women are low risk women, right? Um, With no underlying conditions or something that would preclude them based on the regulations to birth in a birth center. So number one, we're dealing with a pretty healthy population of people. Um, And uh, so C-section rate, you have a 6% chance of ending up in a C-section at a birth center versus I believe the last statistic I saw was 27% for national average. And then in Colorado, the last statistic that was pulled, it was 35% in Colorado. So if you go to a hospital, there is a higher chance of C-section rate. And there are several reasons for that. So again, we're not saying the hospital is the bad place. What we're saying is birth and birth work is evolving in such a way that the evidence-based practices have caught up and surpassed where sometimes the hospitals are lagging because they're so big. And it's like, you know, the 800 pound gorilla, it's harder to move and change policy. Whereas when you're smaller and nimble, um, so 6% versus 27 to 35% chance of C-section, um, we have a less than 2%, um, chance of having a true emergency, which means, you know, we really need to rush you to the hospital in an ambulance. So that, again, I think people think, the opposite, that they're not near the ER, that it's more dangerous when in fact we aren't introducing a ton of things that are introduced when you walk into a hospital, right? So we don't have other, I know people do separate entrances and things like that, but there's a lot of things that are going on in the hospital that aren't happening in this more like pristine setting, I would say, pristine with air quotes, because we aren't considered a, um, we're considered a, a place that doesn't have to be completely pristine, right? We're doing natural birth. It's like a surgical room, right? Yes, we're, not a to, surgical we're not center. a surgical room where you have to like scrub and you do Birth that. is not sterile. But sterile. Thank you. Pristine. Yes. Sterile is the word I was looking for. Birth is not a sterile practice. Um, yeah. So, uh, so f- from that standpoint, it's actually can be safer to be in a birth center. Um, Again, we aren't anti-hospital. We have to say that because we truly believe babies come the way they should come. We're just offering another opportunity for women to get back to, you know, basics and get back to maybe having some more say in their birth. Um, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And I think there is that fear, right, from people of having to be transferred emergency or urgently. And I've had to deal <laughs> with the own stigma in like my family of 
and friends of, it's almost like a political conversation. I, I get yeah. nervous who I tell I'm doing a birth center because you get, you know, I have had a lot of bad reactions <laughs> from people yeah. and I've yeah. kind of learned, okay, who can I tell? Who can I not tell? Which is really sad because for the vast majority of the world, the vast majority of the world is the opposite of us, right? Most right. people have in European countries and developed countries, the statistics are the opposite. Most people yeah. have natural births. Yeah. So is there any advice for, you know, when you have people who are coming to you who are on board, but they need to get their husband on board or their family on board? Is there any things that you kind of point them to, to kind of enroll the rest of their yeah. world so, in it? Um, we love using there's um, evidencebasedbirth.com. It's a great, great resource because what it does is it gives you the true pros and cons of each thing and it kind of breaks everything down. So it tells you and kind of breaks down the stigmas that we may have. Um, so that is a really great one. We also always welcome families to talk to our nurse midwives, talk to them, ask questions because you will realize that these are very, very well-educated women that are very, very strong in their particular practice. Um, and they can really alleviate a lot of those fears as well. So we always say, talk to our practitioners, you know, get them, allow them. I mean, we'll always talk to parents, um, you know, grandparents of this new baby um, and kind of help them understand what that is. And then we always tell our families too, is, you know, why you chose a birth center again is to empower yourself because you're making a choice. And so this is another example is, you know, society is not going to change how we perceive birth unless people that have the positive birth experience that make a different choice aren't vocalizing why they made that choice and then vocalizing their birth experience. And, you know, even if you didn't have the ideal birth experience, um, it's still yours. And, you know, there was still a different approach that you chose to make. Um, and sharing that I think is really important. And the more that we can get our voices out there and talk about it and break down the stigma that is out of hospital birth, whether that be a birth center birth or a home birth, the better. And we will then create a society that's welcoming to this. And I will say that's one of the silver linings um, that has come out of COVID, which has been such a huge tragedy for the whole world is that families are seeing birth now as not an event that needs to occur in a hospital um, because it has forced families and people to think outside of the box to make healthy decisions for their families. And so we've gotten a lot of people that are like, okay, I had no clue. I am 35 weeks and I really want my partner to be at my birth now. And I think I might have to do this birth center thing. What is this? Um, and you know, you've had 37 weeks to get your mind around what this out of hospital birth experience is. And so we're trying to help families in a very short time, understand it, that people are getting it mm -hmm. and people are realizing that it does not have to be a medical event. So I would just say, you know, share the statistics, share real life examples, share sure. why you chose it and give people the opportunity to, you know, see kind of a glimpse into what this is that you're thinking, because um, guarantee you what they have in their head where you are giving birth is not what is actually happening. <laughs> I know COVID also makes it hard, but I would really encourage people to visit birth centers in Colorado websites. On our website in particular, we have a virtual tour that we did, um, you know, a year or so ago. So you can actually kind of see the center. Um, we do online meet and greets. We are now doing um, in independent tours um, on um, Fridays and Saturdays when we don't have people in the clinic necessarily. 
Um, and then I know that the other birth centers in town are doing some sort of way for you to get to know their birth center, but I would highly encourage people to go visit them if they can or engage with the birth center in some way that they can see that physical location. Um, because the energy in birth centers, I think, is one that people are surprised by. And I think they're surprised by how professional they are and really what's involved. And a lot of times guys, husbands or partners will come in and go, yeah, I'm super, I was super afraid of this. And now I'm totally calm. Or we get the opposite. Like I hate hospitals. This feels really good. Right. So um, I think we get both sides of that. Yeah. And thank you for being an ambassador. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Before we wrap up here, what are you doing to approach COVID during these times? How has that changed? How, how are you are doing things in your birth center? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. So a couple different ways is that obviously we're practicing all of the industry standards when it comes to PPE for our staff. Um, The big thing that we've tried to do is as you're, as you're aware of is one of the things about birth centers is it is a more intimate environment and we want to still create um, that experience for our families. And I think it would be extremely difficult to have an unmedicated birth with a mask on. Um, So we allow our families to not wear a mask during birth. Um, So when they are coming for prenatal appointments, obviously we ask both partner who is able to come for appointments, both partner and birthing person to come in and have on masks. But when birth is actually happening, partner nor birthing person have to have on masks, which is awesome. Um, It really allows them to just kind of work the space and be as normal as possible. And then they can still bring in a professional doula which now we all know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they can bring in a professional doula and or a professional photographer. So we still want you to be able to create and to see and capture the magic that is birth. Um, and so from there, we're really trying to keep it as normal as possible. Obviously behind the scenes, a ton of things are going on um, in compliance with what is being told to us from the health departments and what we can do to keep the community safe, but still trying to capture as much of the magic of birth um, and keeping that the same for the families. Yeah. And we've also um, have allowed now two additional people from if you have a birth team, right? So your let's say your sister or your mom, you want them there. As long as they can pass the COVID screening and they are required to wear a mask and they are part of the team, meaning they're in the room helping you with labor and not like sitting in the waiting room, that you they, we have opened it up for them to come as well. Um, again, these are families that we've been with for the majority of their pregnancy. We know they're following our rules, that type of thing. Um, and so we have, our midwives have felt comfortable to open it up a little bit more, but everybody other than the birthing uh, person and the partner um, must wear masks during labor. That's yeah. great. Well, before we sign off on this episode, what is the best way for people to reach out and hear about you to check out the center? What's the best way for them to connect? Yeah, thank you so much for asking. So you can go to our website, which is huga, H-Y-G-G-E, birthandbaby.com for all the information, or you can always email us at info at hugabirthandbaby.com. Tara and I man that inbox, um, so you're welcome to say you heard us on here and have some more follow-up questions and we're happy to help you um, however we can and we'll get you steered in the right direction. Great. I will definitely include those in the show notes and I'm super excited that you guys have agreed to do a two-part episode. So if you're listening, you should definitely check out the next episode. We are going to be talking about fourth trimester tips, going back to work, not going back to work, how to integrate it all. So check it out. And thank you again, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. 
Hey mama, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, www.findpam.com for all the show notes and links. And you will also get access to my free legal tool to name legal guardians. It's all right there at findpam.com.